0: I specifically requested for Cassie to sing that song because that's my testimony. Amen. He never let me down. He's a faithful God. Yes, and what you and I have ahead of us requires us trusting a faithful God. Amen. 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 How many of you trust God? Is your God able to do anything? Hallelujah. On January the 8th, I shared with you that it was time to rise and build. A number of years ago, and many of you were not here then. uh, Maybe a handful of you were, I don't know. But uh, we had a service and we all walked across next door to my right and your left. And we did a groundbreaking service. Thinking we're going to build a new auditorium over there. And um, afterwards, I never really felt that was where God wanted us to build. I didn't say anything about it to anybody. I just... I just Was not confident that that's where God wanted us to build. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste my time nor money building something where God doesn't want it built. Amen. Amen. And that's exactly what it would have been. A waste of time and money. And so, time marched on. (laughs) Years went on. And one day I was praying... Isn't it amazing what you can hear when you pray? (laughs) One day I was praying back, actually, right at the end of 2019. I said, Lord, it's time to build. And I know that it's not where I thought it was. So tell me where we are to build. And he reminded me of the land That we purchased Jerry Savelle Ministries purchased Years ago Right directly across the street From the ministry headquarters And across the street from mine and Carolyn's home We purchased over there 102 acres And uh, At the time I felt like that And this is before we ever even owned this building before heritage faith even existed. And I felt at the time that one day we would use that land to expand JSMI. Build more buildings and so forth as we needed it. And warehouses and, and uh, publication buildings and whatever else we might need. And Oral Roberts, Oral and Evelyn Roberts were staying with us one weekend. And I was impressed to take Brother Roberts out to that land. And we went through my gate at my house. And we walked right across to that land. And of course, there's a barbed wire fence up there. Brother Roberts carried his Bible out with him. And we just stood there looking at that land. And Brother Roberts said, This looks exactly like the land I bought When the Lord told me to build him a university Said there was nothing out there But a few cattle And people thought I'd lost my mind When I said I'm going to build a university out here He said but I know That's where God told me to build And so we began to buy up the land And began to prepare to build And he Took his Bible And laid it across that barbed wire fence And just dropped it on the ground and he looked down and he said, look where it fell open to. And it was the book of Nehemiah. And the first verse I read was, let us rise up and build. I don't think that was a coincidence. <laughs> Amen. And he, he didn't know he was going to fall open to there. He just dropped his Bible down. You know, he had it like this and just dropped it on the ground. And it opened up to Nehemiah and said, let us rise and build. He said, this is where you're going to build. And so, years later, way up to 2019, I said, Lord, where are we going to build? And he said, don't you remember what Oral Roberts said to you years ago? I said, yes. He said, this is where you'll build. Amen. Amen. Now, In the meantime, I had sold a portion of that land on the west side so that the city of Fort Worth could expand Hewlin. And where Hewlin is now and where it dead ends, that was my property. And I gave it to the city as a a seed. (laughs) And uh, uh, so they expanded Hewlin. And, of course, they're still going to expand it again. But it's a better location than here. Now, this was a wonderful place temporarily. I thank God that he blessed us with this building. Amen. And once again, before HFCC ever started, Jerry Seville Ministry bought this land and bought this church. It had 10 acres with it we paid $635,000 for this church and the 10 acres of land. And we paid cash for it. And God brought the money in miraculously. And we started a Bible school in here. Had no intentions of starting a church at that time. And then the Lord impressed upon me to keep buying land, keep buying land. And so another 10 acres opened up. We paid cash for it. And then another 10 acres opened up. We paid cash for that. Eventually, we wound up with 80 acres right here. 80 acres. We bought the, the little house next door. And, uh, uh, and Scott, our maintenance director and so forth, he and his family lived there so he could oversee all the property and everything. But Jerisville Ministries bought all of this before Heritage of Faith ever existed. And praise God, we paid cash over a period of time. Uh, when when the land would come available, we'd say we want it. In fact, at one point they were going to build uh, storage units and a trailer park right behind here. And I, I I just happened to be driving by that road behind us and saw them driving a sign in the ground requesting uh, the city to. Oh what? Uh, That's what I was about to say. (laughs) Thank you. They just drove a sign in the ground requesting a zoning change, as you so heard. And... uh, (laughs) Hallelujah. That's the reason I'm so perfect. Carolyn makes me be that way. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so... uh, And I saw them driving that sign in the ground. And I I told somebody that worked for us at that time, You? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Todd Grew. And he went down to the city and asked them, What are these people planning on doing? that's when we found out they were going to build a trailer park and storage units. And he went down to the hearing and said, uh, my boss, he worked for me, he said, my boss wants to buy that land. And the, the guy that was going to build the storage units and all that on it, he said, well, who's your boss? And he said, Jerry Seville Ministries. He said, well, what will he give for it? He said, what are you asking for it? I'll tell him. And so he was willing to sell it to us, and we bought it, paid cash, thank God. And we got that, and then we kept adding, as I mentioned, and we wound up with 80 acres here. Okay. And then eventually, while I was overseas in South Africa, when I came back home from that trip, Carolyn was waiting up for me and said she had a visitation of the Lord. And the Lord told her that we were to start this church here. And he said, there's a lot of hurting people in this area, in this community, and I want you to love them for me. And she said, we're going to start a church. I thought, and you're going to pastor it? She said, no, you're going to pastor it <laughs> Well, I did I mean, I traveled all over the world And would make it back home on Saturday night And come in here and preach Sunday morning And then Heritage of Faith was launched Okay, and that was 20 years ago Okay Now, as I mentioned The Lord said to me Don't you remember what Old Roberts said to you Back there many years ago I said, yes He said, That's where you'll build. That's why I provided that land. Amen. So it is a much better location than what we have here. I don't like that road out in front of us. I do not like that road out in front of us. Do you understand me? I don't like that road. I don't like all the holes in it. All they do is come out here and patch it up. And it won't be six months and them big trucks, cement trucks and all running up through here. They tear it all up and and people throw their trash out on the road. Uh, And and, and we, we hire the youth department about every six months to go pick up all the trash. Amen. And I just don't like the location. It doesn't represent what I preach. Now, I'm grateful that God blessed us with this because, brother, we have used it. And there's been a lot of lives changed right here in this building. And I'm grateful for that, praise God. Amen. But, you know, there is a season. (laughs) And it's time to move on. And it's time for us to move on. Amen. So, I put this land up for sale with the exception of the... 10 acres that this building sets on, the youth building sets on, and I put up all the land around us for sale. And the same person that bought the land uh, across on the west side of Hewlin and is developing it now also bought this. And this past Thursday morning, I closed on land that I paid. Years ago, probably not more than four hundred thousand dollars for altogether, not including this building and the ten acres that went with it. But I probably didn't pay, and I'm having my accountant to figure it up. And so far, I know there's one more transaction she hadn't covered yet. But so far, she's she showed me that uh, we paid roughly three hundred ninety-five thousand. But I think it's about another ninety thousand added to that. So this land that I paid roughly $400,000, 450000 for way back, I just got $2.5 for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The money is in the bank. Glory to God. We're going to pay cash for this building. We're going to pay cash for that entire campus. Hallelujah. Amen. Now... The same man that has purchased this property, and I told him, I said, I'm not selling the building yet. I'm not selling the land that the building's on because I don't want us to have to move somewhere while we're in transition. So we still own this building. We still own this land that it sits on. And, and he, you know, before long, you're going to start seeing some construction out here. Not only that, but we still own the, the little farmhouse next door where our... Uh, Maintenance engineer lives (laughs) and oversees the property. And we're not selling that yet. But we will be able to keep meeting here until the building is finished. Now, we've had to draw up, and and the man that that bought the land, he's helping us. He's a a major contractor out here. His name is Steve Hawkins. Steve uh, has built a lot out here. He's a Christian man. He loves our ministry. And we have found favor with him. He's gone to the city in our behalf to get everything approved. And in the meantime, we had to draw up and his his people did it for us, draw up a preliminary um, plans or plot where all these different buildings are going to set. It's, it's not the final plans, but we had to draw up something for the city to see to get our approvals to build. Now, if, uh, earlier, a few months ago They were telling us That don't even count on Starting to build Don't even think about Tossing any dirt in there For at least a year Because all the bureaucracy That you have to go through with the city But Steve Has taken it upon himself To go to the city for us hallelujah, Because he, he's, he's, he's a major developer And builder and he's not charging us a dime. Hallelujah. Amen. And then, and then we have asked him, would you consider building the buildings for us using your people? And he said, yes, I would love to do that. So we've already got a builder. We've already got people that know what they're doing. he's built churches before. His main thing is building houses. And But he's built commercial buildings before He's built churches before And he's going he's gonna to be our contractor And he's just He's just taking it upon himself To just go in and do everything we need And he just comes back and reports to us Hallelujah What a blessing he's been I think somebody ought to praise God Hallelujah Amen Hallelujah Now that's the report I wanted to share with you And uh, we're, we're working right now in getting everything ready for the city to give us the approval to start doing it. So with the $2.5 million that we just got for all this land around here, and what you gave on January the 8th, remember that Sunday night? We had a point of contact service. You sowed... Uh, Toward what you're believing for You sold into this building project This church Its members sold A little over $200,000 That night $200,000 Amen And then some of my partners through JSMI they they sold another $200,000 So we're very close to $3 million In the bank Hallelujah That's a good start would you say Hallelujah. Now, that's, that's going to take more to build everything I want to build. But that's a good start. And we're only talking about since January. What do you suppose the Lord has in store? <laughs> I, I walked in the office the other day, and Eric and Joe were sitting there. And I said, uh, uh, gentlemen, I have to go uh, pick up a check today for $2.5 million. And just went on. And, and Eric said, boy, he just acts like it's nothing. I said, yeah, it's going to be the first of many, praise God. Amen. Amen. The first of many. My God is a wonder-working God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another good shout of praise. Now, I am going to say this to you, so I I want to be transparent with you up front. Don't want to hide anything. Uh, With the money we have already generated, I think it's only fair... Because that land we're going to build on belongs to JSMI. All this land belonged to JSMI, Jerry Seville Ministries International. And I think it's only fair that JSMI be reimbursed for its initial investment. Amen. And so from the three million, eventually we will take out what we spent to buy this property. And we're not going to make a profit on it, just what we invested. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to know up front, because I'm an honest man and I don't hide things. And and I think that's only right since, since you were not even here when we bought that property. <laughs> Amen. JSMI, we believed God for the money to do it. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, I think it's only fair that we put back into JSMI... It's initial investment, and, uh, and we're just going to keep believing God to do the impossible. Can you say amen? amen? Now, I want you to go into the book of Nehemiah, which I mentioned that Oral Roberts' Bible fell open to, and I want to share a few things here with you, and then when I get through sharing this, then I have something that I would consider to be an apostolic message. Okay. And we're not going to be here all night, just till three in the morning, okay? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's not going to take a long time, okay? In in my Bible, I I like this Bible because it gives a little bit of a history uh, right at the top. See that right there? A little bit of history of each book in the Bible when it was written and so forth. And I like this because here it says, and it's, it's somewhat of a commentary. It says, Nehemiah's concern for the welfare of Jerusalem and the inhabitants prompts him to take bold action. Granted permission to return to his homeland, Nehemiah challenged his countrymen to arise and build the shattered walls of Jerusalem. In spite of opposition from without and abuse from within. The task is completed in only 52 days, a feat that even their enemies had to attribute to God's enabling. Hallelujah. People are going to stand back and look just like they did with Nehemiah and the people, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They're going to stand back and look and say, my goodness, boy, they built that place fast, didn't they? Thank you for your enthusiasm. Well, they just started talking about it this year. Now, look, man, that thing's going up quick. Hallelujah. I don't believe we have a lot of time left. We need to get this building built before Jesus comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 2, with that little bit of history in mind, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. I like that. The hand of God was good upon me. As also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in here going to join with me and say, let us rise and build? build. Lift up both hands and say, Lord. Lord, We are ready ready. to to rise up and to build. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in verse 20, they were asked how they were going to accomplish this great task. And here's how they responded. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Underline that phrase. Hallelujah. Keep that with you. Take it home with you. Put it on the mirror. Say it and confess it and decree it Every time you think about it This is how we're going to rise and build And this is how we're going to pay cash For every building we build The God of heaven He will prosper us Therefore we his servants Will arise and build But ye have no portion Nor right Nor memorial In Jerusalem so once again, when they ask, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? Jerry Savell, Heritage of Faith Christian Center members. How are you going to do this? The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Say it again. The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Now, obviously they have good intentions. But good intentions don't get the job done. That's just the beginning place Good intentions In fact they started the work In chapter 4 And verse 6 So built we the wall And all the wall was joined together Unto the half thereof They built half the wall For the people had a mind to work Oh hallelujah Are there any people in here Have a mind to work Four hands. Dear God. I'm not going to have to do this myself. Are there any people in here who have a mind to work? All right. But it came to pass. And, you know, I'm not going to try to say all these names. Look at the latter part of that verse. That the walls of Jerusalem were made up. And that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth. This is their enemies. And conspired, all of them together, to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Sounds like the devil to me. It's obvious where these people were getting their inspiration. Amen? There's always somebody not rejoicing. Like we're rejoicing In building a new building Building a new campus They wanted to hinder it Nevertheless Underline that word nevertheless That means it ain't over yet Hallelujah Nevertheless Even though people tried to hinder them from building Nevertheless We made a prayer unto our God Hallelujah What do you do when Satan tries to hinder you from accomplishing what God's told you to do. You go to prayer. (laughs) I like the way the message translation says it. And created, uh, it says they they created much trouble, as much trouble as they could. Nevertheless, we went to prayer unto our God. And the message translation says, we countered with prayer. I like that. They countered with prayer. So what are we going to do when the enemy tries to hinder us? We're going to counter with prayer. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we a praying church or are we not? Well, you know, Satan's not going to just lay back and just let us accomplish all this without putting up a fight. But we're going to counter him through prayer. Amen. We'll counter him with prayer prayer. Hallelujah. I remember uh, hearing a story one time, actually it was a joke that a pastor told his congregation. (laughs) He said, and I'm just going to read it so I don't mess it up. One Sunday morning, a pastor endeavored to encourage his congregation by telling them with God's help, we can see a day. When this church will grow from crawling to walking. And the people responded by saying, Pastor, let the church walk. He continued by telling them, And when this church begins to walk, The next thing it will do is run. And all the congregation shouted, Pastor, let the church run. The pastor continued by saying, And finally, there came a day when the church will fly or there will be a day when the church will fly. But of course, in order to fly, it's going to take more money than what you're giving right now. The congregation went silent and finally somebody in the back said, Pastor, let the church crawl. (laughs) Well, thank God there's nobody in this church who wants to keep crawling. Amen. We're ready to fly, hallelujah. Amen. I thought that was so funny. Let the church crawl when it meant more money out of them. The point of the story is good intentions alone won't get the job done. Amen. We have to stay at it even when it looks impossible. We must understand that this is an assignment from God. It's not just something Jerry Savelle wants to do, nor is it just something... Justin Bridges wants to do, it's an assignment from God. You know, in the natural, it'd be easier just stay right where we are. You know, just have three services a morning <laughs> if, 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 when the church continues to grow. I mean, that'd be the easiest thing to do. Why? Go build a new building. Because real Bible faith Is continually stretching And I learned a long time ago God will not allow me to stay in a comfort zone Amen You get comfortable Then you stop using your faith And it's impossible To please God without faith Thank you for your enthusiasm over that Amen And the the, The Good thing is we can do this. Somebody said, but paying cash for all these buildings you want to build, how are we going to do that? Our God will prosper us. Money will come in to do this outside of the members of this congregation. That's already happened. The partners in Jerushiel Ministries have already heard about it and they started sowing. They, they matched what you gave. Amen. And they don't even go to church here. And it's not done yet. Hallelujah. I remember one time I was preaching in a church in Augusta, Georgia. And, and the Word of the Lord came to me and I told the pastor. I turned and I said, Pastor, somebody that has never been in this church before is going to be driving by and suddenly the Holy Spirit will arrest them And they're going to turn around and come back and give this church $100,000. Well, in the natural, that had never happened. And of course, you know, afterwards, you think, oh God. (laughs) Was that something I ate or was that you? (laughs) You But later that day, we'd already left. Later that day. There was a woman driving by that church And she'd never been in that church before In fact, she was a Baptist lady She'd never been in that church before And she's driving by And suddenly she, she just sensed that she's supposed to stop And turn around and go back to that church And before she got out of the car The Lord spoke to her and said Write a check for $100,000 and take it in here for, to the pastor And she did it, praise God and she never went back to that church. She was a member of the Baptist church down the road. And she just obeyed God. So Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not going to limit God. That's right. amen. We're not going to limit God, I said. Amen. God has ways to do this that we couldn't dream up in a thousand years. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, the Bible says from the writings of the Apostle Paul, I, and I'm going to say we, Can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. The Amplified says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Amen. The Apostle Paul is looking totally to Christ. He's not trying to make something happen himself. He's depending on Christ for his sufficiency. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, and I'm reading from the Passion, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. You will find refreshment and rest in me. Amen. He doesn't want us carrying the burden of this. I'm not burdened by it at all. Hallelujah. Cause I know that I know that I know. Number one, I've heard from God and number two, God will prosper us. Hallelujah. I'd appreciate a little more enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 with God. All things are possible. Luke chapter 1 verse 37. With God nothing shall be impossible. Mark 9 23. If thou can believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. Are there any believers in the house tonight? Then according to what Jesus said. All things are possible unto us. A small congregation of whatever we have. I know this is not all of us. But. Whatever this congregation is in total, we can do this. There's smaller congregations than us that have done it, praise God. Can you say amen? Now, what I'm praying is that you're going to experience supernatural increase so you can invest more. Hallelujah. Not only all your needs be met and be a blessing to your family and others, but praise God, you can invest more. Can you say amen? I was hoping to get a little more, little more enthusiasm out of that. Hallelujah. Now, the task that we have been given is not beyond the scope of God's ability. Because Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. The Passion Translation says... Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Hallelujah. So this is not beyond the scope of God's ability. And he's going to do it through us. He's going to use others to do it through. Can you say amen? amen? I heard a preacher say one time, we need to dispel doubt and focus our faith on what God says we can do. Amen. Paul Roberts wrote a book back in 2002 and he called it, when you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. When you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Every time you get a chance, drive over to that property. Get out of the car and walk up to the barbed wire fence. And just look out there. See the invisible. Because if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. But you got to see it first. Amen. And Oral Roberts was very well known for a man that constantly saw the invisible and was able to do the impossible. He said, one statement in that book, he said, you've got to know that you have the faith to do all that God had planned for you to do. You've got to know that you have the faith to do all that God has planned for you to do. I remember one time when I served on Brother Roberts' trustee board for over 20 years. And I remember one time, brother Robert said to me, Jerry, we didn't build this campus through large one-time gifts. Now there were some large one-time gifts that came, but he said, that's not how we built this campus. He said, we built this campus out of thousands of followers of this ministry, giving $20, $25. $25. He said, yeah, there was some large one-time gifts, but that's not how this campus was built. It was built on faithful people who in the natural didn't have large money, but they believed in the vision. They believed it's what God wanted us to do. And they were willing to sow what they had. And we built this campus on those Thousands of people giving $20, 15 50 $100 gifts. Amen. Amen. I remember one time I, I, I got a room across the street from ORU. And I always when I'd stay there, I always got a room with a view of the whole campus. I wanted up as high as there was a room available so I could see the whole campus. And I'd set a chair in front of the window, pull the drapes back and just look. And the, the the more I sat there and looked, the more inspired my faith became. Amen. But you have to see it first before it becomes reality. A lot of people drive by and all they see is a field. They just recently, you know, came in there and got all the hay off of it. And all they see is just a field. I see buildings. I see thousands of people coming. Hallelujah. I see a youth department. I see a community center where where young people can come, praise God. And be involved in a Christian atmosphere. And boy, if there's any time we needed something like that, it's right now. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm talking a campus, not just one building. I'm talking a campus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is anybody going to dream with me? Glory to God. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Now, with that in mind, and just to give you an update on where we are, then the rest of this service, I, I, I want to minister to you from an apostolic anointing. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 Makes this statement For the eyes of the Lord Run to and fro Throughout the whole earth To show himself strong In the behalf of them Whose heart is perfect toward him We've talked about this verse before But in some things I'll repeat That I've already told you before But I think it's important Notice The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking for somebody. Still is looking for somebody. And it very clearly says that he's looking for somebody whose heart is perfect toward him. Now, the word perfect here in the Hebrew doesn't mean never having made a mistake. Because if that's who he's looking for, then he's going to have to go to another planet. Because we've all made mistakes. Amen. So that's not the word, what the word perfect means here. The word perfect from the literal Hebrew literally means trustworthy, faithful, dependable, committed, loyal. Amen. Now I'm not perfect, but I am faithful. I'm not perfect, but I am loyal. I'm not perfect, but I am trustworthy. I've proven that. I've proven that to God. I've proven that to my wife. I've proven that to my children. I've proven that to my friends. I've proven that to my mentors. Amen. 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 And I believe that's one of the reasons why God is always showing himself strong in my behalf. And he'll do it for anybody that'll be loyal. Now, The new King James says that he will show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. There it is. Instead of perfect, loyal. The message translation says, God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. And what will he do? He will show himself strong in their behalf. Now you would think, that if God is looking for loyal, trustworthy, faithful people, committed people. That he wouldn't have to look very far. He'd just look in the church. But that's not necessarily true. Not everybody who comes to church is loyal, faithful, committed, and Trustworthy. This is apostolic. <laughs> I have a right. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. 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 Not everybody who comes to church, even this church, are loyal, faithful, committed. Now, thank God there are those. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God for loyal, committed, trustworthy, faithful people. Because they're rare Even the Bible says they're rare. In Proverbs 20 verse 6, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The message translation says, lots of people claim to be loyal and loving, but where on earth can you find one? A lot of people claim to be loyal. You've heard me say it before. I don't know how many times I've heard in 51 years of ministry. Brother Jerry, I don't know what I would do or where I would be today if it wasn't for your ministry. My family and I got saved under your ministry. We got filled with the Holy Spirit under your ministry. We learned the word of faith under your ministry. You have been a mentor to our family. Thank you. For being faithful and loyal And I just want you to know We're with you And many times as was the last time I ever saw Amen I can't tell you the number of people That have come here Over the years That have told me The messages Before just to begin to pastor That i preached here every week The messages that you preached every Sunday at Heritage Faith changed our life. We we learned so much about the Word here. We learned that God wanted us to be blessed, that God wanted to prosper us. Amen. We we learned the principles of sowing and tithing here. And God's blessed us ever since. And then just up and leave. I really don't understand it what do the Baptists know that we don't know boy some of them are born Baptists they're in that Baptist church every time the door is open they grew up in training union. They grew up in a uh, 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 vacation Bible school. They're 75 years old and still a member. And they started as a baby. What does a Baptist know that charismatic people don't know? <laughs> Amen. And even charismatic people, you know, have this idea that you know we're holier we know more than they do well apparently they know more than most charismatic people because they stay where they're planted they stay where they're planted amen <laughs> lots of people claim to be loyal But where on earth can you find one? It ought to be that we just point to each other. But that's not always the case. It seems like God's always looking for somebody. In Ezekiel 22 verse 30, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. But I found none. That's got to be one of the saddest verses in the Bible. God was looking for somebody who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And he said, and I found none. The message translation says, to take a stand for me. And I couldn't find anyone, not one. That's sad. It always bothered me when I read the life of the apostle Paul. And you get to the end of his life and all the people that his ministry touched all the people that perhaps got saved through the Holy Spirit got healed under his ministry at his trial he said only only Mark is with me. Where was all the others? One of the greatest men of faith that ever lived. And only one of the followers showed up. Where was loyalty in that? Where was trustworthiness and committed in that? Amen. I'd hate to think that I have poured into people for 50 years and then right at the end, nobody showed up from my home going if I went by the way of the grave. Of course, I'm going in rapture, yes. Amen. so don't bother showing up anyway. But I'd hate to think that I have poured my life into hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. And nobody showed up for the home going. Could it be that most Christians are more talk than they are action? Where do you find people like this, the Bible says? Now, I know this is a little touchy, but it needs to be said. Amen. Amen. Go with me to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. This is not the time to run and hide. (laughs) This is not the time to say, let the church walk, brother. Let the church walk. (laughs) Are we ready to fly? Hallelujah. And it's going to take some loyal, faithful, trustworthy, committed, dependable people to get the job done. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm 92, in verse, oh, where am I looking at? Verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. And the word fat here in the literal Hebrew means prosperous. Even in old age. See, that's the reason why I love getting older. Because there are great promises for old people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'll be 74 this year. Glory to God. Amen. Carla just turned 72. Carolyn just turned 72. Just kids. But anyway. But notice, those that be planted. Planted. Everybody say planted. Now, the house of the Lord and the courts of our God is symbolic of the church, the New Testament church. Amen. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So God expects you to have a church. God never intended for a television set to be your church. Even though, I mean, you know, for a period here, we've had to do that. Yes. Amen. But some people, they they've gotten satisfied. Mm-hmm. Just the, and they really are taking this scripture to heart. Fat. <laughs> They're just sitting around eating, you know, watching Kenneth Copeland, you know, filling up with potato chips and French fries. And you got anything else, else to eat, Elsie? Brother Jerry's coming on soon. That's never to take the place of the church. Amen. A lot of people, they hope the pandemic never leaves. They don't want, they don't want the responsibility of having to get up, get dressed. Can you imagine what some people look like in their living room on Sunday morning? Don't imagine that. Some guy sitting there with his old t-shirt with holes in it. On his sixth cup of coffee. (laughs) I I wouldn't want to go to some houses on Sunday morning today. (laughs) Amen. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. In the little Hebrew, the word planted, listen to this, carries with it the idea of being fixed and remain. Fixed by the Holy Spirit and remain. In other words, it's God doing the planting. If you pray and ask the Lord where he wants you to go to church, he'll reveal it to you. And I've had that said to me so many times. The Lord told us to come and be in this church. Oh, praise God, we found this church. This is where God has planted us. And in six weeks, they're gone. How can God plant somebody and they testify to it? And in six weeks, they're gone. Sounds like the devil has become a farmer. <laughs> Going around plucking plants up. Amen. Fixed and remain is what the word planted implies. That God plants a person and expects them to be fixed and remain there. Now, there are exceptions. I mean, I've had people that eventually they they learned what God wanted them to learn while they were here and and then God launched them out into their own ministry. And and that would be an exception, you know. But to just up and leave because you didn't like the singing? You didn't like the preaching? I mean, If I just up and left, I'd leave over the road out there. I hate that road. Do you understand? I hate that road. (laughs) And I'm sure some people, you know, have come to church and hit one of them potholes out there. I'm not coming back. And this may be the place that God planted them. Now, this is the stinging part. If God planted you somewhere and you up and leave, then you're no longer a candidate for flourishing. Now, I will say this. You may continue to prosper at a certain level, but you more than likely will never enter into flourishing. Because flourishing is more than prospering. Amen. There, there are people that up and leave and, and, and they may continue to take what they learned and prosper. But there's no guarantee they will continue to prosper. Flourishing is living in a state of prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I don't want to just prosper. I want to live in a state of prosperity. That's better. Amen. That's better. So notice here, if you allow Satan to uproot you and you can, you can come up with all these wonderful, you know, the Holy Spirit led me. Well, since when does the Holy Spirit conflict with God? I told you it'd sting a little bit. I read a commentary on this verse, and it said this. Most Christians have failed to realize the value of having been planted by God in a specific body of believers and having been trained in the word there. It went on to say, few have ever fully appreciated this and are willing to leave on a whim or a notion. Amen. People leave over everything I've said before And you've probably heard me say it You never know what lurks In the mind of a charismatic You never know what they're thinking They can be sitting there smiling And shaking their head like they're agreeing And thinking I ain't coming back As soon as he lets me go I will never come back He's mean. (laughs) I'm not mean. To know me is to love me. (laughs) Amen. You ask my wife. (laughs) Is she saying yes, yes, hallelujah. Few, I'm going to say it again, have ever fully appreciated where God has planted them and they're willing to leave on a whim or a notion. And the sad thing is, even though they may still experience certain levels of prosperity, it's not likely that they will ever tap into the fullness of what it means to truly flourish. To flourish implies to thrive, to grow luxuriantly, to abound, to live in a prosperous state. And for those who are easily uprooted, Prosperity usually only lasts for a time. I don't want temporary prosperity. I want to live in a state of prosperity. God planted me alongside Kenneth Copeland 51 years ago. And that's still where I'm at. Well, have you ever thought about leaving? Oh, yeah, one time. When I was working for him. And I won't go into the whole story, but I made him late for a service. And he's never forgot it. <laughs> he still tells it every once in a while. In my presence. <laughs> I made him late for a service. He kind not go, but he to be late. But it wasn't my fault. Somebody had, we had rented a a hotel ballroom, a little small ballroom held about 200 people in Omaha, Nebraska, 1971 or two. And when I went up there later that evening to make sure everything is still in order, somebody had taken our sound system down. Rearranged all the chairs. Most of them were up against the wall. It's 6.30. I have no idea where our sound system is. I need to pick him up at 7.15. And I was never late. And I'm thinking, what would be the worst of two evils? (laughs) Me going and get him and bring him here on time and have no sound system? Or find that sound system, get this room set up again, even if I'm late, and then go get it. I chose to try to find the sound system. I went all over that hotel. Finally, there was a a maintenance guy that worked there, and he said, Oh, we thought the meeting was over with, and you were coming back tomorrow to pick up your equipment. We put it in a storage room. I said, Let's go get it out. And we got it out. And setting up a sound system, you don't do it in four or five minutes. I set up amplifiers. I set up the recorder, uh, you know, everything, speakers, everything. And by the time I got through and got all the chairs back in order, it is 730. And I hadn't even left that hotel yet. I jumped in the car and it was about four blocks away. I jumped in the car, drove down. Kenneth Copeland is standing out in the street. And back in those days... He wore a three-piece suit and had his pocket watch looking at it. I could see him three blocks away. I wanted to just turn around and go to the bus station and go home. And when I got there, he said, you're late. He didn't say another word. He didn't ask me why. He didn't say another word. I drove him to the meeting. It's quiet in there. I'd have rather he just got out, grabbed a tube before, and beat me in the head. <laughs> Quietness was not comfortable. We got to the meeting, he never said a word. He walked right up to the platform, took the mic, and, and went to preaching. We got in the car to go back to where we were staying, he never said a word. Until he got out of the car. He said, don't you ever make me late again. You understand? Don't you ever make me late again. And he went to his room. I thought he didn't even ask me why I was late. I thought, I was my own boss before I came here. I'm not a kid. I don't deserve being talked to like that. I'll show him, let him run his own sound system tomorrow night I'm going back to Fort Worth. Boy, I thought of it made me mad. And on the way to my room, the Lord said, are you going to let this drive you away from where I planted you? I said, Lord, that wasn't fair. He didn't even ask me why. He said, well, didn't you learn something when you were in the military? you like this, Joseph. You know what I'm talking about. You know, when you did something wrong in the military and they, and they jumped on you for it, you didn't, you didn't explain why. You said, no excuse, sir. Right? No excuse, sir. Even though you would have liked to have given your excuse, even if it was legitimate. No excuse, sir. He said, forget it. Let it go. If you don't, you'll, you'll allow the devil to pull you out of the will of God yes. and you'll never become what I want you to become. So I repented. I picked him up the next morning with a smile on my face and when he got in the car, he said, Jerry, I'm sorry. He said, God got all will over me last night before I went to bed. He said, I didn't even ask you and knowing you, There had to be a legitimate excuse as to why you made me late. He said, I'm sorry for jumping on you like I did. I want to say, I'm sorry too, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He said, what happened? I know you had a legitimate reason because I know you're a man of integrity. And I told him, and he said, well, forgive me. That was one of the things I loved about Brother Copeland. He's not perfect. He makes mistakes. I'm not talking about outright sin. I'm talking about just make a mistake. But he's quick to repent. And he'll do it in front of you. Amen. And he, he repented in my presence. Asked me to forgive him. Amen. That's the only time in all these 51 years where Satan attempted To uproot me. And if I'd have left. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have learned what God wanted to teach me. Amen. So. We're we're headed for some big things. This is not the time. To look for excuses to walk away. If you truly believe God planted you here then make up your mind that nothing and no one is going to uproot you. Are you still here? Let Let me close it with this. An analogy to this, trees which are planted, nurtured, and cultivated are more likely to produce more and better fruit than those which grow wild. Trees that are Planted Nurtured And cultivated That's what you're getting here You're being nurtured By a man who is a pastor He's a true pastor I'm not I'm not a pastor I've, I've functioned in that office Temporarily but, but I have other assignments on my life But Justin's a true pastor And you're being nurtured here You're being cultivated. And trees that are planted where they're being nurtured and cultivated are more likely to produce more and better fruit than trees that grow wild. Amen. 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 Don't be a wild believer. (laughs) Don't be a wild Christian. Stay where God has planted you. Amen. Amen. This is a good, Bible-believing, God-honoring, Holy Spirit-welcoming church. And it's good soil for spiritual growth. Amen. Amen. And if you're growing spiritually, then eventually you're going to grow in financial prosperity. And eventually, if you'll just stick with it, you are going to flourish. This is our year. I said this is our year for a lot of good things. Hallelujah. Even though in the natural it doesn't seem that way, but this is our year for a lot of good things. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So get ready to grow. Get ready to flourish. Get ready to enter into a new dimension, praise God. If you're ready, stand to your feet and let's lift our hands and bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Do you receive tonight? Hallelujah. Everybody still love me? You still love Justin? (laughs) Amen. Justin, we love you. Annette, we love you. Ministerial staff, we love you. Hallelujah. I love you guys. I don't know most of you as well as Justin does, but just the fact that you're here tonight shows me that there's a commitment Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to come in here next Sunday and not see any of you. (laughs) Don't you be a wild tree. Amen. Amen. Be a nurtured and cultivated tree. Father, I pray over our congregation. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will fulfill what you have promised in your word as we have read it tonight. We have taken it to heart that those that be planted where you want to plant them and refuse to be uprooted, they will flourish. They will flourish. Even in old age, they'll continue to bring forth fruit and they will prosper and they will flourish. And Lord, we receive that in the name of Jesus. We receive our assignment in the name of Jesus. We are ready to rise up and build. And we are determined that no hindrance will stop us. No devil will stop us. Even ungodly people and civil authorities will not stop the plan of God. We're moving on in Jesus' name. We're pressing in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father. And Lord, as we're faithful to build your house, we believe that you will be faithful to take care of our house. All of our family members. We decree that our homes are off limits to the coronavirus. We decree that that we as individuals are off limits to the coronavirus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We're getting stronger every day, not weaker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good shout of praise. Amen. Now, I'm not going to receive an offering tonight, but I will say this. If any of you haven't had the opportunity to sow into the building program, and you'd like to, then you can just uh, contact the office and be sure and put HFCC building program so we put it in the right account. And if that's something you'd like to do, then we certainly will receive it and believe God with you to continue to increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen? All right, praise God.